the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is A Life-Changing Experience. A Life-Changing Experience. God is in the life-changing business. The goal of Christianity is changed lives. Nobody can change lives like Jesus Christ can. His entire ministry was about changing lives, and no one he encountered remained the same. So Jacob is an excellent example of how God, in his mercy, steps into human life at particular moments when we feel inadequate to deal with the vicissitudes of life. We are most open to divine intervention when we feel ashamed, afraid, and lonely, as perhaps at no other time. When God wanted to change Jacob's life, he led him through four phases, which serve as a model for how God uh, works in our life today. And the first phase is a crisis. The first phase of crisis. If anybody here is in a crisis today, you're in good company. Congratulations. God is getting ready to make a change in your life. Our biggest battle in life is, is not a physical battle. It is not physical health. It is not your financial situation. It is not your career. It is not dealing with your past. Our biggest struggle in life is with God. You see, a crisis is when we struggle with God because we want to be in control. We have an amazing example of this in the Bible. In Genesis 32, we have the story of Jacob who had an unusual wrestling match with God. And so we read in Genesis 32, 24, and 25, Then Jacob was left all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn. When the man saw that he couldn't win the match, he struck Jacob's hip and knocked it out of joint, at the socket. 
Now, so, some people have um, spent time uh, discussing who the man was that Jacob uh, was wrestling with. But I think that it is fairly clear, at least from Hosea chapter 12 and verse 13, that Jacob was really wrestling with God. Amen. So if we look at uh, Hosea uh, chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, Before Jacob was born, he struggled with his brother. When he became a man, he even fought with God. You see, Jacob fought all of his life. Now, how do you struggle with your twin brother before you're born? The Bible says that when Jacob's twin brother Esau was coming out of the womb, Jacob was holding onto his ankle. And all of, all of Jacob's life, he had been in a struggle with his brother. But his biggest struggle was with God. Think of the biggest problems you have right now. Regardless of what it is, I can tell you two things about it. It all boils down to these two issues. One, will I obey in this situation and do what God says is the right thing to do, whether I like it or not? And two, will I trust God in this situation to handle it? No matter what the problem is, be it financial, physical, relational, social, or career-wise, it comes down to, am I going to do the right thing and obey God, and am I going to trust God to handle it for me? It's your biggest problem is not our problem. Our biggest problem is not obeying and trusting God. And that makes the problem even bigger. It's the root of all our problems is our struggle with God. We want to be God. We, we want to be in control, to do our own thing, to act the way we want to act, whether God likes it or not. And so God brings us at times uh, to the point uh, where we are in a crisis situation. And we are all familiar with crisis situations. Now, Jacob is in a wrestling match with God. What is the ob objective in wrestling? It is to pin your opponents to the mat, to knock him down, to lay him flat, to get control over him until he cries, I give in or I surrender, and you win. You see, all of all our life, we have been in a battle with God. Who, who is going to be the number one in my life and in your life? Am I going to call the shots or am I going to let God call the shots? God often allows a crisis in our life to get our attention. In fact, we know that studies have shown that between 60 and 69% of people who join the church or uh, turn to God uh, do so after they have been in a crisis. Why? Because we rarely change until the pain we feel exceeds our fear of change. We don't change when we see the light, we change when we feel the heat. 
But the second phase is a refusal to change. So we're in a crisis. We know what's going on, but we refuse to change. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 26 says, Then the man said, Let me go, for it is dawn. But Jacob panted, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Because it is God Jacob is fighting with, God could have overpowered him and ended the wrestling match instantly. You see, when God allows a crisis in our life, he doesn't solve it immediately. He lets it go on for a while. He wants to see if we really want to change. If God answered our prayers immediately, then we would think that God was like a big vending machine. Put in a prayer and you get whatever you need. But someone may have said, I'm so in debt and I'm praying for a financial miracle. But the question I would ask is, did you get into debt supernaturally? The truth is no. You worked hard at it. You made foolish decisions. You spent more than you made. You didn't save for the crises that inevitably come in life. You didn't use your money wisely. You see, if God just instantly bailed you out uh, of your financial crisis tomorrow, then you would get into into, um, the financial problems again. Because you'd feel that when I get in debt, God is there to help me out. And therefore, you would not learn uh, the lesson that you need to learn. You see, you learn no discipline. You would um, not learn money management. You would um, not learn persistence. You see, God will help us when we are in a crisis situation, but he's not going to do it immediately. Otherwise, we won't learn the lessons that he wants us to learn. And we'll be back to the same pattern that we have been in. You see, God waits to build our character. He wants to teach us persistence. And many people miss God's best in their life because they give up too too quickly. You ask someone whether they had prayed about the problem that they're in, and they say, oh, yes, I, I did pray. And how many times did you pray? Twice. But see, God wants to see if we really mean business. Do we mean business enough to pray about it over and over and over again, day in and day out? You see, God wants to test us to see whether we are willing to, to um, be persistent and we're willing to allow him to be God in our life and in this situation. As Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you're in a crisis right now, if you have a major problem that you're dealing with, hang in there. Don't give up. Don't run from it. Don't try to escape. Stick with it. The problem we have in our life didn't just happen overnight. We worked years in getting ourselves into the mess that we're in. 
And we have a lot of ingrained patterns, bad responses, wrong debts, wrong habits, wrong ways of responding. So you became you with all your insecurities built up over many years. So God isn't going to remove them all at once. He's going to wait until he sees that you are ready to make a change. But the third um, phase that we see in this story is an admission that we are the problem. Jacob admitted that he is the problem. It didn't come very easy, very easy, but um, he had to recognize that he is the problem. So we will not change unless if we keep blaming other people for the problems that we are in. Quite often we are always looking at somebody else who is responsible rather than taking responsibility for the situation that we are in. We need to be able to admit, I am the problem with my life. Genesis 32 and 27, the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Now, this is a very strange question because obviously God knew Jacob's name. Now, why is he asking Jacob his name? Because Jacob needed to own up to who he was. You see, in Old Testament times, people were named for their character. The name Jacob means deceiver, manipulator, liar, a guy who would cheat you out of your last dollar. And Jacob lived up to his name his entire life. He ripped off everybody. He lied to his dad, who was going blind. He cheated his brother Esau out of his rightful inheritance. He used his father-in-law, Laban. He used his wife and later his wives. He was one big manipulator. When Jacob says, my name is Jacob, he's owning up to who he really is. It's really an act of confession. And I have to wonder if we were named for our greatest character flaw, what would it be? Would it be greedy, bitter, angry, uncontrollable temper, lustful, depressed, fearful, gossip? What would be your name if you were named after your biggest character flaw? So here is the insight. You will never be able to change, and I will never be able to change until I honestly admit my sin, my weakness, my fault, my frailty, my character defect to myself and to God. So one of the most humbling things in the world is to admit, this is who I am. I am, and you can fill in the the blank, I'm a warrior, I'm a domineering person, I'm a person who runs from conflict, I'm an addict, I'm a manipulator. You can fill in the blank. So what we need to do is to stop making excuses if we really want to change. Stop rationalizing, stop justifying, stop blaming other people for the situation that we're in. 
when you come to God and say, God, I want to own up to my weaknesses, to the sins in my life, whatever they are, God is not going to be surprised. He made you. He watched every moment of your life. And he knows you and loves you and wants to change you. But the fourth stage or the fourth phase in Jacob's um, life here is the transformation. The transformation. Look at God's loving and gracious response to Jacob's confession. In Genesis 32, 28 through, through 30, Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. See, now the transformation begins. Notice that uh, three things happen here. He gets a brand new identity. God says, your name is Jacob, the manipulator. You have, um, but you won't be called Jacob anymore. You're going to be called Israel, which means prince with God. A whole nation is named after him. After the new name that he received from God. You see, God says, I know you've blown it, Jacob. I know you've, you've, you've been conniving, but I see you as a prince. Beneath all of your emotional hang-ups, all of your insecurities, all of the stuff you don't want anybody else to know about, I see a prince. And God would say that to somebody here today. Beneath all of your hang-ups, I see a prince, I see a princess. Beneath all of the sins, all of the things you have done wrong in your life, I see the potential in you. You can be something great. You can be what I made you to be. Not what you are now, but what I made you to be. If you just own up to who you are. You see, God is in the transformation business. Once we own up to who we are and ask for his help. And then a, a second thing is that he blessed him uh, there. You see, if you want God's blessing, you have to take the necessary steps. And then three, he is given a reminder of his experience so that he will never forget what happened to him the rest of his life. God gave him a, a limp. Genesis 32 and 31 says, The sun rose as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. So when you really meet God, you will never be the same again. If you say, I'm a Christian, and your life has not changed one bit, then you can't really claim the name Christian, because... Um, when someone gets to know God, their attitudes change, uh, desires change, and your actions change. 
something is different about you. So people will be able to recognize you as someone who has been with Jesus. See, what is the significance of Jacob's limp? It uh, stopped Jacob's lifelong pattern of running. Before he met God, he was constantly creating trouble and running from it. He was always trying to escape. He was the most irresponsible person you could imagine. He was always running from problems that he created. And God said, I can stop that. I'll, I'll just give you a limp so you'll never be able to run again. You see, it's really a reminder. It's never God's will for us to run from a problem. If we run from it, it will just come up again because God is more interested in changing our character than making our life comfortable. The other thing the limp signifies is a daily reminder to depend upon God. Your thigh muscle is the largest and strongest muscle in your body. God touched Jacob at his greatest point of strength and created a weakness out of it. From that point in from that point on, Jacob was going to have to stand in God's power and not his own. Jacob leaves this situation both stronger and weaker, stronger in that he is not the same person anymore. There's been a transformation. All the junk in his past has been dealt with. But he is also weaker because now he's going to have to depend upon God's strength. You see, God does his deepest work in our lives when he deals with our identity. Who you are, the way you are, your, your self-concept will determine everything that, um, that you do in your life. We tend to act according to the way we think about ourselves. So when we begin to see ourselves the way God sees us, it is going to change us. And then we can start acting in a whole new way. You see, only Jesus can change us the way that we need to be changed. He is a specialist in, a new, in new identities. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You see, we don't have to say the same. We can be changed, and when you're changed, you know it. And other people around you know it. And one of the things I ask people who I lead to Christ uh, in my office, I said, um, take, take, um, make a record of um, how you feel and how you th- what you're thinking and how people respond to you and share it with me at our next appointment. You see, when we know Jesus Christ... We have new ears, which we can use to listen to the preached word. And so, when you come to church, it's different altogether. You're not just there as, a, as a, um, an observer, but you're there as a participant because you have new ears given to you by the Holy Spirit to understand and appreciate his word. You have new eyes 
to look at each other as God's creation. You have a new enthusiasm uh, that you can carry out your responsibilities. You have new attitudes so that you can confront your difficulties. You have new desires so that you can hunger and thirst after righteousness. You have new goals so that you can labor to build God's kingdom. You have new feet so that you can walk in holiness. New knees so that you can kneel in prayer before God. New tongues so that you can praise and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ. New hearts to express love towards others. New minds so that you can contemplate the things of God. New valleys so that you can, uh, you can place God first and foremost in your life. And you'll have a new outlook so that you can face each new day. And you'll have a new glow so that you can reflect the glory of God in your life. But brothers and sisters, we must never forget who we are. Never forget the moment of your conversion. Never forget the cost of your redemption. Never forget the change of your destination. Never forget the joy of your salvation. The purpose of your, of your life. Never forget the time of your baptism, the importance of your faithfulness, the necessity of your commitment, the reason of your hope, and the glory of your future. Because God is a great and wonderful God who transforms our lives and gives new meaning to who we are. And so let's give God praise for his goodness and his grace to us. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.